0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into celebrating droids. Here on Force Center, we've just been in a droids mood. Uh, We've done some Star Wars Ranked about both R2 and 3PO, and that's got me thinking about droids, so I can't wait to discuss it. I'm Joseph Grimshaw.
3: I'm Ken Napsok, and this is a fun discussion because I've had a weird relationship with droids over the years as a Star Wars fan. Of course, I've always loved them, but sometimes I just don't pay attention to them, and this episode forced me to pay attention to droids, Joseph.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I've always loved them, but I haven't always appreciated them. So it's been fun to appreciate the droids more. Maybe we should have called this episode instead of a celebration, an appreciation of droids.
3: I think. I think. Yeah. Celebration, appreciation, all of them. An ode <laughs> to droids.
1: An ode to droids. Before we get into all the odes we're going to do for the droids, uh, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this week, we are continuing to recommend the next High Republic book. It is Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. We're going to be reading and discussing soon, so if you want to get caught up by listening to the audiobook, you can download download it for free. You go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. It's free and it helps us. We have another offer though.
3: We do indeed. Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35, uh, or visit the website with this link, insideeditions.com, slash discount, slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Lightsaber Collection, Beautiful book, book that, well, as the title will tell you, has, is a collection of lightsabers, but much, <laughs> much more. Uh, it really is great. Check it out with the code FC35. And I've been saying, I personally... I just picked up from Inside Edition's The Photography of Game of Thrones. If you're a mm. fan of the HBO show, highly recommend this book. It's going to impress friends and relatives who come over to your house. If, if you want friends and relatives at your house still, I don't know. It's a wonderful, <laughs> nearly 500-page book of some great Game of Thrones photography, including behind-the-scenes stuff as well. Check it out. Inside Edition's you set code FC35. All right, Joseph, take me to the droid party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time to go to droid land from dragons to droids. Uh, so we just really want to put a spotlight on the droids. We want to look back on our past a little bit, as uh, Ken was saying, of our, how our relationship with them has changed and evolved over the years. And then the second half of the podcast, uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite droids and some of our favorite droid moments, which is always was hard to narrow down. But let's start here, Ken. You know, we have talked before of that we both liked the droids as kids, but that we maybe bonded more with the humans and the aliens and the bounty hunters and the troopers. Why do you think that is? I know there are some people out there who did. We, we've heard from great fans who are like, I absolutely related to 3PO. So I know there are people out there who did really relate to the droids, but why do you think we related uh, to everybody <laughs> before the droids?
3: <laughs> I, I maybe a question for my therapist. So I'll, I'll call them <laughs> call up. Um, I, I, I think it's because. I was going to say it might be even just as simple as seeing the faces, seeing the emotions uh, and reading, uh, you know, Han's face and Leia's smirks or uh, Luke's uh, naive gaze to his uh, withered, uh, I've learned a little bit more of the world kind of face in Return of Jedi. I don't know. But then, you know, then again, the aliens, it's a little different than Star Trek or the early days of Star Trek where they were a little more like eyes, nose and ears kind of aliens. Star Wars (laughs) a little different, right? And, uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's not to say that R2 and in, in his dome and C3PO and his expressionless, but very expression filled face kept me away from appreciating them more. I just think I got, um, I was a I I heard Wuher say droids
1: we don't serve their kind. I went yeah that's right. And I just <laughs> apparently stuck. <laughs> now I, I know they weren't always your like first pick, but you ha- did you have three PO and R two figures as a
3: kid? Never to this day have I picked up an R two figure of any kind. Um, wow. Other than maybe they're all in a box, of course. But I think maybe there's a Funko Pop of R two in my life now. I did have a C three PO had the breakaway C three PO Kenner figure. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. I don't even think I have a of a 3PO Funko, even with the Force Awakens craze and the red arm three. I don't think I picked up that one either.
1: Yeah, no, I got that that red eyes 3PO is staring at me. He, he's far away, but I know he's staring at me. I love that Funko Pop.
3: This blade tells. This blade tells.
1: <laughs> Only this blade tells. Uh yeah, I, I think for me, I always I liked the droids. And, you know, my brother was more on the three PO side of things. I was more on the R2 side of things. I think that was uh partially because the actual droids, you know, got split up on the the separate Han uh, Leia adventure and the Luke adventure in Empire Strikes Back and I uh, and he had the 3PO figures and I was happy for them to be there I had the R2 figure which I I really liked because it was support to the Luke and the Yoda stories right <laughs> but that's what the relationship was it wasn't one-to-one I connect with R2 it was I imagine myself as Luke so of course I would want my buddy the support player R2 there and I think for me, it's the, it's the definitely the, the seeing yourself in a character or the projecting yourself on the character is particularly for us growing up with the original trilogy. You know, the droids are the support players. They're the ones who just come and tell the heroes something. And sometimes the heroes listen, uh, R2 has some heroic moments, but they're sometimes played as under the radar of like, no one's really paying attention to it You know, Mm -hmm. you know, there isn't a scene in empire where everybody comes back and hugs him and says, thank you. You are the one who finally (laughs) fixed that. F- and Falcons <laughs> hyperdrive motivator you know yeah. uh, it's it, it, it that's a part of the comedy of even when the droids are really successful they're not super appreciated Luke shows some appreciation right he has the um, you know mean this droid have been through a lot and uh, the right. you know you know don't forget the droids at the end of the Java battle so like there there are moments but in general I think the fact that they're really cast as the support players, for me as a kid, I I picked up on that and I projected myself not onto the droids, but to other characters. And I think, you know, you and I have been doing a lot of droid talking on four center, what, what I'm, which I'm really enjoying. But in particular, I think I'm, I'm having a real 3PO Renaissance Mm -hmm. as an adult, uh, because now I can relate to 3PO. Now I watch the film like, Oh, the, uh, the really stressed person uh, who doesn't really want to be there. (laughs) <laughs> but is doing their very, very best anyway mm. and isn't particularly respected, even though they have a lot of skills. Suddenly I'm like, 3PO is the most relatable character in this entire saga. Ah, that's awesome. That's a great <laughs> way to look at
3: it. Yeah. I would, yeah. I, the, 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 sorry the, the support things coming out of the original trilogy is, is, is rings pretty true. It's pretty true for me, and, and I always make reference to it. But my our, our pal, a friend of the show, Mark Ellis, loves R two D two, and it is it is real. It's not a bit. It's a, he really loves R two and always did kind of connect to him. And I, I'd be curious to I'll follow up with him on why why that connected in the eighties. But I think you're right. Until the prequels, where R two has a little bit more to do. Uh, not that he doesn't have a ton to do in, the, in, in Jedi uh, or in original trilogy, but yeah, there's something about it. It just was like, yeah, they're in the back of the cockpit. They're in the they're in the socket can, uh, helping. But Luke flew in the flying. Yeah, it just kind of, that, 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 that set the tone.
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, it's just kind of a, fant- a, a fascinating thing to think about how we relate to characters of, uh, do you love someone like R2 because you project yourself as Luke and you love R2 because you imagine him as your buddy, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. riding around it, it helping you? Or do you actually... And I know there are fans out there who have, who do this. Like, do you think of yourself as R2? Like, when you're imagining your adventures, like, oh, man, I'd I'd love to shoot <laughs> a yeah. lightsaber hilt to Luke. <laughs> right. Personally. Yeah. So fascinating stuff about how we see it. Um, When did you when did this kind of turn around for you? Not like you were, uh, yeah. you know, hated the droids, but you didn't super relate to them. When did you find yourself first really, like, appreciating the droids, thinking about the droids? When did that happen in a, in your Star Wars journey?
3: Yeah, definitely 2021 was the year. <laughs> no, I, I think when you get to the original, uh, excuse me, the sequel trilogy era, which, you know, so you just got me thinking, too. Yeah, I always tell the story of, you know, reenacting uh, the, the, the battle over the Sarlacc pit as a kid on, and during recess, right? And, and you, we used to hand out the roles. No one, no one would. Get
1: the role of R two because he was just the little droid that launched the lightsaber that started our fun, right? Right? Cause, yeah, and there, there is just like a whole combat thing to it, right? Of like that yeah. is especially when you're a kid. That's a part of the thrill of imagining yourself with a blaster, or cool armor, or a lightsaber, or a force push, and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, R two has oh, it was only shocking Ewoks in the butt at that point.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so to take that into and, and and to go into the sequel era, where you know you're happy. It means something that 3, 3PO three and R2 are back. And then even coming out Force Awakens where you start like, oh, R2 didn't have as much to do. And it made me start to question how much I uh, how much I appreciated R2 and how much I, I do feel he is part of the main cast, right? It just R2-D2 is there. He's the hero. He's part of the team. So I think that's when I first started doing it. And then uh, we're going to get to some of the conversations around droids and, and what they mean and what they want to be. Uh, you know their meaning to be, I should say. Yeah, uh, that started to grow. But I, I think honestly, I will tell you, you and I having conversations about being aware that we don't appreciate it, and then <laughs> Rise, Rise of Skywalker comes out, and and three PO is absolutely one of my favorite parts of that movie, and I know is for, for you and a lot of mm-hmm. people, and it it just sings, man. It's the comedy, the humor, the purpose, and it almost feels like looking back on the previous eight movies and going, "We got you, three PO. We're going to give you some give you some shine."
1: yeah absolutely i i think that's there's been so much great stuff uh, uh recently um uh, it, and I think my, uh, in general, my appreciation of droids has increased because of the just the huge amount of variety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the first time it, it started to change, like when I was quite young, like I said, I played with R two all the time because I really liked him as a part of the the Dagobah world set, and then mm-hmm. he did get to do some cool things in Return of the Jedi. So, so I think I was a little bit more R two focused as a kid. But even then, when those when the droids cartoon came out, I was I was really vexed by it, and I you know I it, it was because it was like I like them. And it's Star Mm. Wars, but we're Jedi, we're bounty hunters. And, like, Boba Fett shows up, but which I was thrilled that Saturday, but the the droids as the center uh, didn't grab me. Mm. And I think once I started re-watching them on VHS as, like, a teen, like, and seeing droids as more than just, like, 3PO and R2, Mm. I think I really started liking them when I started to really focus on the variety in Empire, right? There's a bunch of cool droid moments. There's, um, uh i think uh, k3po dying <laughs> mm-hmm. in the Hoth base there's e3po swearing you know E-Chuta. Yeah. there's the fact that ig88 is you know I, I loved him as an action figure but you know really appreciating, like look at this weird yeah. you know uh, monstrous thing mm-hmm. 3po being blown apart gives so much more gravity and and pathos to a mm-hmm. droid so as a teen i started being like a little bit like yeah but they're they're really interesting and then i also think as a teen that's when i first started to hear um, you know from interviews or other people talking about it like the idea that 3PO and R2 are the storytellers right so maybe if i didn't relate to them it's because they're they're like the perspective characters in terms of like in some ways like identifying with the real me like if i want to have a fantasy i project myself onto luke and han mm-hmm. but 3po and r2 are a little bit more like they're like me they're going through mm-hmm. the adventure and they're the storytellers and that really intrigued me and i started to appreciate them more from that
3: mm-hmm. Mm, that's a great way to look at it too.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then I think I'm, I'm totally in sync with you of like this Disney Lucasfilm era when, you know, R2 and 3PO are these classics absolutely coming back. And uh, not that there weren't a bunch of cool droids in the, in the prequels and in, including the battle droids, which is a whole journey. Yep. Um, But the, just the BB eight being like one of the first weird new star Wars images you see wow. uh, so many star Wars stories. So you, you get to see such so much a variety of droids in books and comics and on screen. And I think now I'm really excited by just the general concept of droids because they have the potential to mean so many different things and to uh, represent the audience better in some ways. Like, you know, to have a droid with a very specific personality, like we have the fun, scary bounty hunter droids that you can kind of have a fun fantasy of projecting yourself on being a a badass hunting droid, right? Mm -hmm. But then you can also just really like see yourself and kind of like, the, the vulnerability of a lot of the droids. There's, yeah, there's something about BB-8
3: that is maybe, going back to what I was saying, but hey, the sequel ever comes up and you're, you're questioning about, you know, oh, where do 3PO and R2 belong in the story? And clearly they belong because we love them and grow up with them and they're part of the team. BB-8 comes on, I, I, I look at BB-8 as this first round draft pick that comes out high, highly touted <laughs> and just exceeds expectations for me, personally. I love, from that first trailer, to the first moments you have with BB-8 on uh, in the Two and Old Village and everything, like I was on board, and it just showed me that like this was it's part of the magic, it's part of the mix, and if we're building a gen- new generation, we definitely needed a new droid. Uh, that you know, I I don't I have a I don't have too much of a problem with what they did specifically with R2 in the sequel era. Uh, I understand some of the hey they I've even had friends friends not Twitter people friends say man they did them wrong. I definitely, by Rise of Skywalker, they did not do 3PO wrong But mm-hmm. I'm okay with that There's something about, oh, I was okay about R2 Having a very clearly, yes I get it, diminished role I think he has, he, he he hits when he, he needs to hit But because BB-8 comes along And it's just like immediately, a droid for new generation Droid for new story And that made me go, yeah, they needed that Just as much as they needed Poe, Finn, and Ray. They needed a new droid to connect And make it all kind of
1: sync up and work yeah. And I think it, I think it does. It, you know, there, there are the comparisons to like, oh yeah, he's, he's playing this R2 role because he's carrying this information and all that. But, um, but, you know, R2's on this mission in, in a new hope. Right. And, and BB-8 is on a mission, but it, his personality is different. The situation is different. You can really empathize with him because like, yeah he's he's immediately likable as soon as you saw him in that trailer just (laughs) rolling ass (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird and compelling and charming and cute and you know when ray rescues him and his poor little antenna is bent and he doesn't want to be left alone it's really this emotional perspective right
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean a new hope i you can argue that that's there too with seeing r2 get shot by the jawas and and in that but uh so even if those are similar, it's it's. I just think it's really really effective with PBA.
3: It, it's it really is for me again personal personal connection and story right from the beginning. The stuff you're describing of Ray, that's why I love that stuff. It's it hit it hit and it, and and it maybe just go oh yeah maybe I maybe I do need droids around these parts.
1: Yeah exactly exactly. So uh so we're we're firmly appreciating the droids. We're going to appreciate them even more. uh But I want to talk about just kind of world building of Star Wars. Uh, what do you think is the importance of the droids to creating this uh, space fantasy galaxy? What, what would Star Wars look like if Lucas had put in all these other elements uh, from genre of science fiction and uh, myth and westerns and romance and all, all sorts of different genre influences, but not robots? <laughs> what would it look like? You know, I think it would be incomplete.
3: And it's easy to say at this point, but. You know, even by the time I'm sitting down with with Star Wars, robots are definitely a part of sci fi, like you said. And so I think just on that level it was needed. But then I, I I think so much of the comedy and the humor and 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 uh, just the tone of the world comes from R2 and 3PO early on, especially in New Hope, man. It's right there. You're right from the start. But for me, seeing really sitting down with Jedi for the first time, um, it, it just uh, they did. They were the, those guides, the storytellers, just them alone. So not having any of those characters around, it just it, it wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel complete. It'd be a half furnished room to me.
1: Yeah, I, no, I think you're you're touching on two great things. I, I think there are other elements of science fiction in mm-hmm. Star Wars, which I think Star Wars, you know, it, it gets it described as science fiction. I think it's, you know, much more yep. the, the space uh, fantasy and space opera. Um, but there are other science fiction elements of ships and hyperspace and that. But droids, robots, you know, robots are such a staple of what science fiction is. To have that great mythic, you know, a long time ago, it already feels like storybook. It already feels like fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then the characters that are guiding you through this uh, fantasy story said a long time ago about swords and sorcery and, and mysticism are robots yeah. <laughs> it's just such a great great collision of uh, of genres to to have that strong strong flavor of science fiction you know star Wars would be incomplete without it
3: uh, yeah, it yeah it it it'd be a uh, you know one legged pirate limping along. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would just it wouldn't be this mix of like yeah it it's space fantasy, but also it's science fiction, and then you know the droids are different than other droids, uh, or robots in a lot of places, and then yeah, particularly in uh Star Wars or A New Hope as it was later called, um the the fact that it, it they do hold up a little bit of this this science fiction uh energy along with the ships and the tech and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that though that, that movie really gently guides you into the galaxy. You know, most movies now just start and they go, bam, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that we meet these robots. Okay, they're called droids. Okay, they're kind of like Laurel and Hardy. Okay, weird, good. But the fact that 3PO kind of doesn't fully know what's going on. <laughs> right. Or what planet he's on. Like, he is such an ambassador for the audience, you know and the more we talk about this the more clarity i'm having about like i i didn't relate to the droids as a fantasy Mm -hmm. but they're clearly in some ways the most relatable characters to the truth of who i am (laughs) as a human sitting there watching a movie you know who who doesn't have a laser sword and isn't going to Uh, i technically have many toy laser swords but yeah like he's the one who's like okay uh we're being attacked i'm not even clear which ship is which I don't know what planet is on. I don't know which way to go. I don't know who, who, who's this kid what, what I don't I don't even know what my other partner droid is talking about. What does he want? <laughs> it's really relatable to being brought into this weird world.
3: Yeah, and there's a little bit of uh, a softer landing, especially if some of the you know bad things, Jawas getting R2 is one of the first Bad things you really see and feel In Star Wars if you're watching it and you're young And again whenever you're point to Star Wars uh, We understand but for me it was like A softer landing because it wasn't like a Wasn't a dog <laughs> it wasn't a Human it wasn't Luke getting hurt Right away but then when it does happen with the Tusken Raiders Like um, you know That affected me but you know what I mean like it was just kind of like Exactly what you're saying it took me into the world I was wondering myself what was going on and I didn't feel as afraid of the world Because I was watching this trash can on wheels fall over <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly exactly so you talked a little bit there about how important they are to the world building and in particular the 3 PO and r 2 so tour guiding of a new hope but going into the actual kind of world of star wars and how it relates to the real world what do you feel like the droids like represent what what are their like real world you know functions you know or, or corollaries
3: do you mean in terms of? I want to make sure I'm answering specifically here. What? What? Uh...
1: Yeah. Let, 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 well, let me share a, a thought and see yeah. if if you are on the same page. Oh. I think I was I was kind of trying to answer this my own question that I wrote down mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, about the importance of droids to to world building, and my mind really started spinning on how important it is that the droids are the workers. You know, uh, that they're the ones who make everything go like everything falls apart in the galaxy if if droids don't exist right if if all droids just shut down like there there would be chaos right um and just the importance importance of that sort of perspective that we fantasize about these heroes doing these cool amazing things um but the droids are the ones who are always there just making everything in the galaxy actually function and if you Want to look at Star Wars and relate it to the real world, like that. That's a really important idea yeah. to have there, right? Um, I think it, it's so supportive of the theme of Star Wars of everyone matters in in the galaxy. Droids are often not as respected, uh, you know, looked over by a lot of people. In the, uh, you know, just assume like, well, yeah, they're there to do the thing, and and mm-hmm. don't pay attention to them or whatever. They're just doing their job. That's where they're supposed to be. But then we as, as viewers get to know them as. Characters with personality and, and once you start exploring that sort of theme of like, yeah, you you shouldn't be judgmental about somebody who's just doing solid work to get the job done. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, no, this is a great point. Great discussion point here. I, I see if I can answer directly, but I think, you know, look at the original, look at the prequel era and, and you're dealing with some of the stuff there. But um hair throwing the droids out is 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 discrimination at the at its highest <laughs> Yeah, there's
1: a scanner to make sure that scanner. your kind can't come in the bars. Yeah, that's have, pretty harsh.
3: Yeah, we have some uh, interesting new, uh, you know, canon or canon Jays and stuff about Wu and, and his upbringing and, and separatists and whatnot, and, and and that works for me. I actually enjoyed that wrinkle, but let's go with what's their new hope. But I love, and, and this kind of, I don't want to dance too much into the next questions uh, that we're going to be asking here, but the sequel era where we, even as a society, are asking some of these questions about uh, the working class or, or – people sometimes and often marginalized are considered less than when they shouldn't be. And this era, we ask those questions a lot more than we used to. And maybe we still need to ask them. And it should make sense that in star Wars, even our own characters and stories are going, you overlook these droids. R2 is the greatest hero in the galaxy. Did you not pay attention to that? <laughs> you know, and, and, and asking and finding their true place. And, and, and I think, so they do serve, they are there literally making things go. Fixing things. Think of the Treadwell droid. They can't fix a Falcon without that Treadwell droid. They're doing whatever a Treadwell droid does. Uh, I, 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 Gonk droids, power droids. They're completely needed. They're completely woven into every little corner of the Star Wars story, making it go like you said. And uh, it's important for our characters to realize that.
1: Yeah, like e- even down to like that the moment in uh, uh, m- many moments in *Revenge of the Sith* where you know the fate of the galaxy is being uh, you know decided as Anakin and Obi Wan battle away on a lava planet. <laughs> you got those droids just floating around. Like, I- I'm I'm supposed to be panning. Um, I'm trying to do my panning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and, and it's just it's it's one of the great world building things that I think Lucas and then all the other creators who, who have uh, picked up uh, the various batons have, have done such a great job of like kind of like, like it, it's one of those things that droids make Star Wars feel real because the exciting mm-hmm. fantasy is going on and then just all around you in the background the droids are keeping everything going
3: well I, I yeah that's one of my un- un- underrated Star Wars moments when Anakin lands on the droid and the droid's like, whoa, hey, hey, whoa. <laughs> All right, I'll
1: go. I'll go with you. And there's one great shot, too, where, where they're balancing on the vein and one kind of like is it's almost like coming there to check out what's going on and then go, like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not for me to be involved in. Get out of here.
3: Get out of here. Gets
1: out of there. Yeah. Uh, final thing for me on, on this point of like uh, of what they mean to to Star Wars and what it would be like without them. I'm so fascinated always that that one of the themes in Star Wars that I I mention a lot, we talk about a lot, because I think it comes up a lot, is the idea of the rigid and the mechanical versus the flowing and the organic. Um, Mm -hmm. So many examples of this, but I always go to Luke turning off his targeting computer and listening to his instincts and the intuition of the force. Um, And droids sit in this in such an interesting way of like... They are mechanical, right? Mm -hmm. But they have so much personality, you know, that they are flowing organic. And and, uh, 3PO in himself is almost a part of this theme of like, he's funny sometimes because he's rigid and mechanical and he, everything is odds to him and he knows all the numbers and he prides himself on being a protocol droid and he doesn't know how to talk to humans half the time. So it's like even his own desire to be rigid and mechanical is interrupted by this sort of flowing organic, personality of somebody who doesn't quite know how to do his yeah. job
3: yeah that's funny yeah <laughs> the t- the tension within
1: 3po should be an essay <laughs> uh maybe that'll be a new book of by anthony daniels yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The tension within 3PO. Uh, Let's get into what you were talking a little bit. The the prequel era started some of these conversations and the sequel era has really picked it up. But uh, let's go to Obi-Wan's infamous quote to Dexter Jetster. Well, if droids could think there'd be none of us here, how do you interpret that?
3: Man, not well, not well for old Ben. <laughs> but it it represents uh, kind of what I w- w- thought too. But now I, you, and you know, I did the the one of my my favorite four center episodes is our, our recent look at the uh, Dexter Jetster diner scene and for that four center scene by scene and just analyzing a lot about what's going on in, in that scene and, and a lot of the 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 hubris of the Jedi and all those things we talk about. But I I, I and and Obi Wan's got some other incidents in the prequels that we've talked about of like him just kind of seemingly not devaluing droids as much as maybe we'd want him to so i think it's a it's a product of the era and i think i think it was almost uh, purposeful uh the jedi overlooking the separatists in a way overlooking the battle droids thinking they're just something they slice through like space butter i i i i've always kind of (laughs) taken it as that but at the time i remember kind of thinking yeah right you're right (laughs) looking around
1: no one's agreeing okay no one's agreeing okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's fascinating. And and this is one of those lines that for me, I really like to put on the timeline, you know, because sometimes people can just see like, you know, we're watching the story out of order. And we've had that conversation where sometimes people are like, well, Yoda says wars don't make uh, one great. And then he's got his lightsaber, he's kicking ass. And you have to remind people like, yeah, he, he he went through a war that didn't go well for him so maybe that's what caused yeah. that opinion <laughs> that what you know exactly. so you, you, you kind of do have to take a step back sometimes and put things on a timeline right you know 100%. and I, I love that obi-wan self says well if droids could think there'd be none of us here from the perspective of really thinking about workaday droids that don't have personality right right automatons yeah because we do see those in uh, Star Wars of, of of droids that don't speak or, or are a little bit more limited in, in their ability to express themselves or their, their function. Mm-hmm. Or you look at the deleted scene that he's actually referencing of these uh, analysis droids, these Jedi analysis droids that Dexter Jetster is kind of making fun of for being too rigid and organic of like they yeah. don't know the difference between uh, knowledge and wisdom and is kind of critiquing them for being rigid and not organic. And I think those are the droids that Obi-Wan is encountering is... The like, Mm -hmm. go watch that deleted scene from Attack the Clones, and then I think Obi Wan's line makes more sense, where he just they're they're sealed away in this little hermetic space. You know, he puts the dart in a drawer, and they analyze it, and they just tell him that's just the way it is. Period. Mm -hmm. And then then you can start to think like, oh, well, this kind of makes sense. It's almost like tech phobia, right? Of like (laughs) they're (laughs) everywhere, and they do everything for us. So Mm -hmm. for Obi Wan, it's almost like hey, wait, look, I I have a smart house, right? And what if my smart house decided I shouldn't leave? That's terrifying. right? <laughs> you know, right. what if my phone said, yeah, I'll do that for you if you do this for me? <laughs> you know, what if our tech suddenly, you know, was truly alive and needed things from us? You know,
2: I uh, think that's really
1: what that quote is about to me. It's tech phobia of like, what if the automated factory revolts, you know?
3: And not wanting to face it, yeah, I think that's fa- absolutely fascinating for, for Obi-Wan, and, and just everyone in that time, especially the Jedi, old and ancient as they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I and I kind of like it from uh, this timeline perspective, and this is very head for me, of like, but this Obi-Wan doesn't, he's met R2, uh, but he doesn't, he hasn't spent a bunch of quality time, like, with 3PO and R2, like he's about to, you know? Uh, droids right. with like real personality like in th- in theory he's met you know professor hang so he should maybe have some more respect there but <laughs> but <laughs>
3: yeah that's true
1: but yeah but you know maybe his maybe his opinion changes as he gets to spend even more time with droids who are clearly like oh you are unique you are a person with needs yeah. and wants <laughs>
3: like, uh, mace mace windu in in uh, some of the skull wars episodes one where r2 like kind of saves him right he's kind of like all right i get it now I see. yeah because it's like
1: everybody's like Anakin how can you have an attachment to an astromech they're just you know they're they've got numbers and everything but like oh then like yeah I me mean, sweetie really has it like oh damn R2 is is different he's good you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so. Uh so moving on to more recent canon there has been a ton of focus uh on all these questions of droid sentience uh the entire uh, Star Wars storytelling world it feels is pushing back on Obi-Wan's attack of the clones quote
2: mm-hmm, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh we got L3 and Solo being one of the biggest examples uh we have the great story of IG-11 and Queel in The Mandalorian uh We have in a lot of the books in the comics, the the droid Gatra, the the droid uh, uh, gangster organization. And we have that great uh, droid settlement in the Alphabet Squadron series, kind of tons and tons of examples of of this idea of like, droids are sentient, we should be respected. Um, Stories about how their programming changes and grows, they're true individuals, all that stuff. Uh, I, I just want to dive into that in general. How do you feel about that storytelling focus?
3: I, I like it because it, it 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 personally challenges me in terms of being a star wars fan grow up and just thought yeah droids are in the corner uh we'll talk to them when we need them uh i, I love and going back to what i was saying earlier that i love that a new era of storytelling um, um often uh, you know it, it, you, a lot of it's looking back at why what we love about star wars and and and, and moving it forward which is important to the galaxy to start the franchise you and I feel to be able to look at and explore and say hey you're getting emotions out of this you overlooked R2 you're overlooking 3PO uh, you didn't pay attention you might have been a little bit Obi-Wan in that in that, um, in that diner and you, it can be played by comedic or perhaps not comedic effect for some with L3 but uh, I love that it it is basically saying they have always been a part of Star Wars they're always needed both behind the scenes and just in the story so let's give them their due. And and having the 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 spotlight, if not turned to them, share the spotlight with them from time to time is is pretty valuable. And again, I it challenges me. It absolutely challenges me and what me as a fan and why I didn't collect R2 or why I didn't collect 3PO and I don't know, IG 88. I don't know, but here comes IG11 and it's one of my favorite. His his sacrifice is one of my favorite moments in recent Star Wars. So I think it's very valuable, and it's in keeping in, in tune with the times as we all kind of analyze things that came before as we try to move forward.
1: Yeah, I think you just nailed it with the the, the last thing you said. I think it is natural evolution, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's natural for for uh, other generations to look at you know prequels and the sequels and go like, wow, there's this there's this fascinating tension that. Like, uh, 3PO and, and R2 and, and other droids clearly have uh, personality and they clearly have, you know, uh, fear and excitement and joy. And a uh, few of our heroes respect that. Others don't seem to. <laughs> yeah. It seems like most of the galaxy takes it for granted. So let's just dive into that. And I love that it just becomes uh, actual storytelling of, you know, different people in the galaxy having more or less respect for the droids or droids standing up and saying, uh, this is who we are this is who we can be this is who we want to be we're going to fight for our perspective it, it's just to me it's a natural evolution of the storytelling and i, and I really like that
3: yeah and 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 and, and uh I, I think generally handled pretty well uh, overall but uh yeah um and again again i am speaking from personal experience of just of of, of you know not not wanting to collect. I would never had an IG-88 character, a figure. And I, I, our our pal, old pal Mark Donica, your co-host on the Jedi Alliance days, like, that was like his favorite character. And even back then, 2014, 2015, I was like, how? <laughs> how can that be your favorite character? Uh, legend stuff included. I don't understand why. And, and, and I love the stories like, hey, we're going to try to either explain it or analyze why.
1: why yeah, we- yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think going into the sequel trilogy era, um, I think this kind of this tension of how much respect our hero is going to have for droids, I, I, it's such a great character developing thing for Ray. You know, mm-hmm. throughout the trilogy, Ray has just such utter respect and kindness for for droids. So, you know, starting with uh, BB Eight and the the running thing of every time I see him, I check on that on an- antenna uh, building to Rise of Skywalker where she really lets 3PO know that he is seen heard respected and just the huge importance of Dio as a character and Ray's respect for him and everybody's respect for him e- even down to Poe like mm-hmm. <laughs> when he calls him Cone uh, I can't remember if it's Coneface uh, uh yeah it's cone Face, right because otherwise Cone Hands, it would be a <laughs> Saturday Night Live reference <laughs> and then and he and Finn he's like it's Dio he's like yeah sorry Dio yeah. it's like you even get that moment where Poe, in that kind of roguish Han Solo, be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Like, "Oh no, no, yeah, sorry, you have a name." <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just so much in the sequel trilogy without it being explicitly a, a story about uh, uh, respecting the droids. That there's an evolution even there, and mm-hmm. it and it does so much for our human characters uh, to make the droids pop, make them relatable, to show that respect.
3: Yeah, I think that Ray moment we've talked about it before, but it, I, I, it's one of my favorite. Moments in the, in the sequel trilogy and, and speaks to a lot of what we're talking about and speaks to the previous eight movies. Look, I, the the you know Han calling him Goldenrod and tapping on the shoulders, it all worked for me then, and it still works for me now. It's also a little bit in keeping with Han as a character, uh, but again, to have Ray in that moment, say no one no one knows the odds better than you. It just it is kind of uh, it all. All roads lead to that moment, including the deal stuff too, which is equally as important. And Finn kind of going, "Hey, it, tur- it turns out uh, <laughs> this droid knows a lot. Uh, we should talk to him." But just everything about it—that that's a big overriding uh, theme that comes up a lot. And and that Ray moment is is the perfect example of
1: it. Yeah. And, and I just love Dio being this, this chain of empathy, a chain of people helping mm-hmm. one another and Dio himself, super relatable. So yeah, lots of great uh, storytelling uh, with the droids moving into the future. Uh, I got one other question here for mm-hmm. you in our, our first chunk. Do you think Marvin, the paranoid Android would fit in the star Wars galaxy? <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Uh, and, and, and in a way there's already example of, 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 of how he would fit in, but uh I I've been I've been rewatching the 2005 movie uh which I actually I, I do love more than other people do and I'm an old school hitchhikers fan and I think it would work in front of work Warwick, Warwick Davis is actually in the costume for that one Alan, Alan Rickman voicing him I I think it absolutely would work he he would be perfect foil for a chopper or a, an R2D2 <laughs> it was a little more well they're cynical too but you know he's just so down he's so down on himself and he's so just uh in his head and to have uh have uh, that droid be in some high-tension situations in Star Wars would be, I think, funny, but also you could find some uh, purpose in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, for me, what's so interesting about it is he Marvin in Hitchhiker's Guide is just such a a clear comedy character. Mm-hmm. You know, bits about talking to doors about whether or not they feel like opening today. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so clearly comedy, but because the droids have always been able to handle these different levels of emotion of like, you, you, you can relate to them. You, you can really feel for them. Uh, they can be badasses but they they always and have often carried comedy. Yeah. But it's one of those weird moments where somebody, a character from something that is explicitly comic almost feels like they could fit into star Wars. Cause you can see mm-hmm. a Marvin like droid being like, yeah, me and the ship have been talking <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> we're not opening the doors to the refreshers anymore. <laughs> yeah. No bathrooms for you guys. Like there's a uh, it somehow makes sense for the uh, the comic sensibilities of Star Wars. Uh, it does. It does.
3: Han would be like, Han would be like, Are you talking to L3? Are you talking to L3? Sounds like, you're talking-
1: <laughs> Sounds like Marvin's been talking to L3. That's that's going to be trouble for the organics right there. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back to discuss uh, some favorite droids and favorite droid moments. Let's see if we can actually keep it to just a few. All that in a moment. And we are back to continue our celebration of droids uh, we're going to just dive right into talking about some favorite specific droids uh, Ken this could be an individual character droid or a droid type uh, why don't you start Where's, uh, what's one of the droids on your list
3: well I'm, uh, I'm doing that thing like when you're talking about music where you sneak in a new song talking about classics I'm going straight for Gonki, <laughs> wrapping Gonki onto this team it's just something I love about the use of them that I was really I moved and touched by that little moment of Omega said, you're defective like us and and just kind of pulling that droid and then him having a bit of a, a gonky, having a hero mo- moment. Uh, gonk droids. I think for Star Wars fans of any age and any generation, gonk droids have a special place in all of our hearts because they're so campy sci-fi power of a battery with legs gonking around and I think who hasn't done a gonk droid impersonation to have one kind of in the spotlight I I really it means a lot to me and I love gonky
1: yeah gonky is a great choice what a great way to start this conversation yeah because gonk droids by themselves have this great power of uh, absurdity and if you want to dive in right I mean like if you talk about droids as workers like you are a large battery you're like a you're a battery (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that like uh, extension cords are a problem. What's the solution? A battery that can walk over here is. <laughs> right. It's like absurd, but it's also so fascinating, right? Yeah. Uh, and I and I think partially because that noise of just the gonk gonk is just like it's a part of the soundscape, yeah. of Star Wars and uh going back to the the power droid action figure it's been around for so long to really have one on screen that that gets a focus mm-hmm. <laughs> and is clearly embedded in in the bad batch's life for everything from their actual purpose yeah <laughs> of using power which is so great to see to weightlifting to a table yes. <laughs> but then gonky still has personality and a name uh oh, it's it's so great
3: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about it, like you're right, because we've had we've had gonk droid figures before. They're part of their and, and like I said, it's one of those thing, things on a playground where maybe your friend makes a gonk droid sound and you're all and you're eight and you're all laughing and giggle at this shared joke of that weird droid with legs. But now to have here it is this like we actually can finally get a specific gonk droid figure. gonky. Like that's that's a big that's a big moment.
2: Yeah,
1: I can't wait to buy a Gonky. I, I I would be very happy with a life size gonky that I can actually <laughs> yeah. use as a table. Put sure. some cocktails on Gonky. Take yeah. some pictures. I'll oh. follow you around with your drink. Oh, yeah. That, Gonky, take the martini into the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Uh, do you want to do your whole list and then I'll do mine? Sure, sure, sure. So I, su- I was going to go back and forth and then I suddenly realized we might have some overlap. So sure. just in case.
3: Uh, yeah, my second uh, one, and I went with the specific specific droids. We can talk about uh, types of droids if you want to. But uh, and you mentioned uh, this is, to me this is an example of Marvin, the uh, paranoid Andrew in Star uh, Star Star Wars is uh, AP five. Mm. Um, I I grew to appreciate AP five AP, a little bit more in a second rewatch of Rebels, uh, voice excellently by Stephen Stanton, of course. But just uh, it it draws a lot from Alan Rickman as Marvin in the Hitchhiker's movie and just the overall vibe, but. There's something just, there's, some, there's there's something about the character that pulls in there. I, I have such sympathy and empathy, but I just find myself rooting for AP5 a little bit more and offers some of that in, in, in a breakneck serial adventure, wild world. Him kind of, every time he's around, things slow down and allows me to appreciate a little bit more and appreciate what's going on. And then he sings in space, which I initially hated and, and now I think I love.
1: <laughs> and he's an RA7 droid, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean that that's another thing for me again growing up in the original trilogy era with those figures that you had the Death Star droid figure. Yeah. And it's so great to get into these eras of storytelling where, you know, uh, the power droid and the Death Star droid are now characters with yeah. names and personalities, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh some of the AP5 stuff that I really really enjoyed and appreciated is uh, that perspective on what he used to be, right? That mm-hmm. He, he's got some great takes on sort of like the rebellion from the perspective of, of a droid, you know, of, I used to be with the empire, but I'm not anymore.
3: Yeah. That, that double agent droid episode, why that's why it, it, it hit more on, on later viewings over the years where it is about his, his identity and droid identity. It's, it, it's, it's pretty powerful when you look at it in that way. Uh, and just, and I can, I can uh, why I think I love that singing moment, which it caught me off guard. By, by the way, this was like the end of, this is towards the end. We're building towards some big stuff and, and you know, uh, it's filler and, and, and all those kind of conversations popped up. But now I look at it and, and knowing the whole story of Rebels and I'm not worried about what is this week going to be in terms of big plot. When he's singing and he's feeling just peace <laughs> he's and then the lights of the ghost come up because they're rescuing him. And he's like, no, please don't. Please don't rescue me. And I'm like, man, I feel that. <laughs> I feel it more than than I ever did before.
1: <laughs> that he just needs that moment of peace.
3: Yeah, just let me go. Just let me go. I've earned this.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's some heavy
1: stuff, right? For yes. for Billy being silly singing in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's some heavy stuff that is a great pick uh in and, and who's your who's your third
3: Final one. i i thought i i thought is this is this a too obvious of, of answer for me and then no nah, i i've just i've always loved what they did with this character uh, and that's k2so i i just same thing about what used to be what and, and what, what he is now but i think i always i always say choice over programming with k2so because that's where it ends up and i happy dan man his death still gets me perhaps even more than the other deaths in rogue one and that a lot because the bodhi rook one has great uh, symbolism to me and and i'm moved by all of the deaths but his is the first and again going back what i was saying of i'm young i'm watching you know return of the jedi or new hope and and bad things start happening in the, in the galaxy and i'm seeing it happen to the droids first and it was like a it pulled me in but it was a softer landing i wasn't watching you know luke getting electrocuted yet um and uh you know uh i i i was pulled in by that so it 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 pulls in by that or connects to that for me where his first death was the easier one to take but then i was like oh no they might be doing they might be doing more, you know, they, they this, this is, could be the first death of many and it, and it shocked me. And I was so sad to see him go and, and the choices power powerful and the lights going out. It, it's, it's a, a bittersweet moment for me, but I, I love K2SO because, because he worked in the comedy and everything about him. And now Alan, Alan Tudyk doing a great job with that character.
1: I think K2SO is a, a great pick. I, I think one of my, uh, my favorite comedy lines in Star Wars is, uh, did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. after Jin shoots the other KX uh, series droid uh, it's a funny line but it 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 gets to uh, a lot of what's going on with K2SO of, of there is with, without really being super explicit about it there is a lot about droid agency right um, mm-hmm. a lot of his jokes come from the perspective of of uh, I have identity I have purpose I have choice you know or he's really concerned about when he doesn't of like you know uh, I'm with you you know Cassian says I have to be you know you mm-hmm. uh, know so we've built up this funny, snarky droid that we know has been reprogrammed, right? Yes. And then by the end there, when he willingly gives a blaster to Jin, mm-hmm. and when he chooses to sacrifice himself, it truly feels like a choice, right? Yep. There's no feeling that, like, yeah, Cassian programmed me to sacrifice myself. You know, I don't get that vibe at all. I get that. Like, the person who was not... Uh, as in on this whole thing, who is just uh, going along with it and and being a a partner to Cassian, the power of that person believing in the mission and making a choice it makes that death so powerful
3: and and it wasn't mechanical it wasn't like i have calculated the odds and your survival and and you know other droids you know 3po numbers i'm I'm not referencing that but k2 it was so it was human like it just was so human even the line you continue to surprise me generous and all the kind of thing you're right that's why i always have choice over programming that's what it kind of represents to me in in the bigger star wars picture
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great list. Uh, um, I think, uh, for me, I'm, I'm as, as you're talking, as I'm looking at my list, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but going to specific droids and we can, we can talk about, um, the droid types too. Uh, I think for specific droids, IG-88 is at the top of my list and it's weird because he, he isn't my favorite character. If, if you were like, you know, you can only buy one, uh, Bounty hunter figure, like I'd I'd go to Bosk first, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think he's just chronologically from the release of the films, he's so important in the trajectory of droids that mm. he's so freakish, right? He, he, he in theory, like he shouldn't look that scary, you know. We didn't have these back in the day, but like he's a vape pen, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but he fired such imagination you know, of the this motley crew of bounty hunters. We got two droids there with the 4LOM uh, and IG-88, but uh, IG-88 almost got more attention just because he was so freakish. Mm-hmm. And you had that figure. Uh, technically, my brother had the figure, but I was allowed to play with him from time to time. And you had to just kind of make up, like, what is it like for a, a droid to be a bounty hunter, you know? And we'd seen, every droid we'd seen had been working for organics, right? Like, uh, that's the way we meet them. If Jawas take them against their will and then they're sold. You know, they got restraining bolts. And even when the restraining bolts are off, it seems like they're like, yeah, no, we're here to work. <laughs> mm. We're here to serve. So just it, IG-88 firing my imagination for like, oh a droid who says, I'm going to work for myself. Like I'll take this bounty if I want it, but if I don't want it, <laughs> I'll just go sit in my room, like, you know, or whatever he believed because we didn't know. Cause he's just a weird, tall, freakish murder droid that yeah. so opened up the possibilities of what a droid could be that, that I gotta shout out IG-88.
3: I love what you're talking about here. This almost begs a, a, a an in-depth episode on the legacy of IG-88 It was, That's why I was almost confused by the presence of this character and learning it was a droid. Now, I can see it on screen and say, that's a droid, right? I I, I definitely can process that as I'm watching Empire as a kid. But I think by the time the figure came out or some supplemental reading where I was like, okay, no, that's a robot. And I couldn't (laughs) comprehend what you were saying, that a robot is just out in the galaxy collecting bounties for itself or for its career. (laughs) You know what I mean? On a very base level. And that's part of the legacy of IG88. It opens up the world of possibilities of whoa, whoa, wait a minute! I mean, three P and R two could have just done what they wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and you it, you can. He's one of the first droids that you, if you want to have a power fantasy and relate to it that way and project yourself onto ig88 like i'm a rogue droid who does what he wants Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's appealing you know uh and i think you know in the way that the mandalorian is in many ways uh, you know action figures come to life ig11 is such a great exploration ig88 has had many great stories and legends he's a terrifying in the Shadows of the Empire video game back in the day. So I don't mean any disrespect to IG-88, but just some of the things that were done with IG-11 feels like, you know, uh, Favreau and and Filoni's version of, I was playing with IG-88 as a kid and imagined all the things you could be and here's one version of that. You know, yeah. it just it feels like those fantasies that you, you made up uh, on your, your uh, living room or bedroom floor where you're playing with the action figures come to life on screen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so Absolutely love that. Um for my second one, I'm gonna go to uh, a not screen place. Mm. And uh this is this one kind of surprised me that I was like, no, that's gotta be in my list. Uh it is a uh, ITO or uh, Ito, I think as they they seem to be uh shortening it, uh from Alphabet Squadron. Um that's a great choice one of the, you know, weirder droids in all of Star Wars introduced in the very first film of the Imperial interrogation droid looks just this terrifying black ball of uh, science fiction tools and then also just a syringe from Earth, <laughs> which always entertains me. But it's like, you know, it, it's a convincing moment in that first film of it's scary in the way that door slams down and the way the fader looks like he's just there to watch this droid do, you know, unspeakable things to, to try to get information from poor Leia Organa. Like it's terrifying, successfully terrifying. Uh, and I love the story in alphabet squadron that it's reprogrammed for those who haven't read reprogrammed as a, as a therapy droid yeah, and doing a really great job, but gets has moments come up where, you know, uh, much like a a real therapist in real life, (laughs) he's got his own issues. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and and those moments where he he's tempted to go back to the old ways and like there's a description at one point of his syringe twitching right of like i could solve this problem the old ways <laughs> but i'm not i'm not gonna you know and there's more to it than that but yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, the books i don't want to spoil it but just it's one of those moments where you know the canvas of star wars is so big in almost any character, in any particular droid, you can pluck out of the background, you can tell a really interesting story with. And, and ITO is such a symbol of that to me.
3: It was a great use of the uh, of of the of the droid of the droid type, and it's it's a haunting character and one that uh, I I went on quite a journey with that character and and, and loved the concept. And and it was uh, you could have done that concept wrong, and I think I think uh, Alexander Freed did a wonderful job with that character.
1: Yeah, just really really uh nailed that character. Uh yeah, and I think for my final one, um I'm kind of putting 3PO and R2 in in the Hall of Fame here. Yeah, uh yeah. you know, 3 3PO like I said, I'm, I'm really obsessed with 3PO uh, these days. But I I just I got to put Chopper in in the list uh because he I went on such a journey with him too of like he he was in this great position of all right, we're we're really like you had the Clone Wars come out and you definitely met some great droids there. I, you know, wanted to, to put Professor Yang in this list, but, you know, Chopper is, is really special because uh, the Clone Wars, it, you're most, R2 and 3 br are the, the main droids, right? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other droids we meet in the prequel era, era are, are the bad guys, and that's a whole separate conversation. But for specific droids, Rebels is such a, it's the beginning of Disney Lucasfilm era Star Wars. Yeah. we are r- introducing this new slate of characters some of them have familiar templates of here's a young kid with a coming of age story uh, in the force here's a mentor figure uh you know here's a, a little bit of the rough and tumble kind of character from zeb mm-hmm. so there's this real spotlight on who's the droid gonna be you know right right in this new era and chopper at first uh, feels a little too wacky for me and feels a little bit like why is he doing pranks? <laughs> you know, uh, what? what's his deal? And then as it goes on and you realize he has this tortured past and that this is a, an extremely, extremely human character. Like uh, R2 is like this human character in that he has more going on and he's smarter and more competent and more capable than people realize. And 3PO is, you know, uh, neurotic and maybe not as good at his job as he thinks he is. But Chopper's this droid where it's like he might not even be able to rationalize to himself why he's doing that. <laughs> he's so human, like he's working through the trauma in that episode where he's like, I know I need to be doing one other thing, but I want my proper leg back. Talk about an episode about droid agency, right? Like yeah. that's the episode for me it was like, oh, wow. Wow. This isn't just like I'm a droid with cheeky programming for laughs. It's like these things are coming (laughs) from a place of like, uh, hey, uh, this is my family. I care about my family, particularly Hera. Uh, But also, I am going to assert myself. (laughs) I'm not going to I'm not going to take the backseat of the way you've seen other droids do it. Uh, I'm going to be seen and I'm going to be heard.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That No, that episode. Yeah. We, we, we celebrated that one for good reason. And and I can't wait to we, we turn our eye and analyze a lot of the things. At Rebels, we'll, we'll do that eventually here in Force Center. But yeah, I, you know, I started chopping the fart bot. I used to call him, uh, you know, ironically uh, making fun of, uh, you know, Filoni's voice. I didn't know at the time. Um, but I, yeah, there's just some about he goes from. Perhaps trying too hard, and uh, you know, jokey, whatever it goes to. He, he's a war veteran. That's part of the story, and and if you allow yourself, you you, you get behind him. And, and I do think that episode was a turning point for a lot of folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So shout out to good old Chopper there. Uh, so do you want to talk about droid types? Are there a couple of droid types that you really love?
3: Um, I do love Astromax. I gotta tell you, I I, I just love what yeah even though I didn't list one here and I'm talking classic classic ones uh bb8 uh, those models as well are, are great but I, I just the classic R2 they fit so well into a socket <laughs> you know they seem to uh you know especially if one has rockets uh it works really well No, there's something about just so classic it's so you know it just once I saw it in Star wars even as a kid it just seemed like they always were there
1: yeah, yeah, no, that that's a great one. Um, a couple for me, uh, you want to be sure to shout out the IG One Hundred Magna Guard. That might just that's be like awesome. the coolest design. Uh, there's that great progression through the prequels of you know how badass are the uh the droids on the Separatist side, <laughs> yep. and the Magna Guards are. So cool, the cape, the electro staff, the fact that they keep going when they've already been cut to ribbons. They look cool, they sound cool. I just
3: love the Magna Guards. I i do too, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that first shot in that J- uh, Sith uh, trailer it was like, Whoa, what do we got here?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other uh, types you want to shout out?
3: I, I mean, I do love uh, the, the gonk power drones that just uh, mentioned already but uh, the, the little legs, I don't know. There's something so cute about it. I just, I do like mouse droids too, but, uh, oh, yeah. and, and uh, all droids. I, I can't think of any droid where I'm like, don't like that, that model, even a, even a Treadwell, <laughs> which is just, you know, arms on a, on tracks. I'm, I'm there for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I'm really loving some of the specific droids. I, I like the drink dispenser droid. I sometimes called the cocktail droid that we see in solo that, uh, squirts out, uh, an adult beverage for Lando, uh, and the, the other one i wanted to shout out is the tt-8l slash yv uh, <laughs> that is the droid that has a large eye that is embedded in a door <laughs> Yeah, and i love that droids can be anything from like a ship <laughs> yeah. to like you're an eye on a stick in a door but you you probably have thoughts on things and i was scared of the door droid and jedi I, that
3: as oh. a young kid, it popped, and I was like, "What? There's a droid! It's laughing! Oh, that laugh! Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so great, and great to see them return in the Mandalorian. Uh, so moving on, uh, let's talk about favorite droid moments. Uh, what are some favorite moments of storytelling with droids for you?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll we'll, we'll try to. I'm obviously, it's ty- typical Force Center fashion. Going to sneak in a few others uh, on this list here. Um, I uh, absolutely. um Absolutely, t- I meant to. I already mentioned K2S The Sacrifice, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that off the list here. Uh, you mentioned I, I love Mister Bones' death because Mister mm. Bones' death gets me; it, it uh, pulls on the heartstrings. But it was it, it, it's the end of a journey with a character that I I I sat in an office at my old job with a head of development guy. He's a big Star Wars fan too, Jack, and we used to just make fun of Mister Bones. Like, can you believe that? But this battle—it's a battle droid named Mister Bones. <laughs> Three books later, I'm like. He's gone. Mr. Fulgur's gone. And it's just, it's a lesson for me to just stick with it and, and just connect with what's there. And, and, and then even looking back where it's like a, it's a B1 battle droid. And like, I didn't realize that a connection, even then, uh, 2014, 2015, when those books came out, I didn't realize I had a connection to the battle droids as much as I did that too. So I list that one as well.
1: Um, yeah. That's a great one.
3: My question, too, does Chopper's databank brawl uh, even count? Did we can we <laughs> With the great Matt Belknap coming on and giving Chopper a cape?
1: Yeah. and, and then, Sure,
3: why not? Yeah. yeah why not? Uh, and, and our, our friend uh, and listener, Shaler, uh, giving us uh, custom-made... Ian uh, Cat giving us custom-made Chopper Funko Pops with the cape.
1: It's uh, uh, still probably displayed by all of my uh, Star Wars books on my bookshelf. I'm staring at it right now.
3: Um, then... Um, uh, I love, so I I love L3's conversation with Kira. That whole little, Lando has a thing for me and Han loves Ecl- like, it. Like it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge just doing what she does well. It's it's the character of L3 that I do generally really do love L3. I I know there's some gr- bigger questions around the character and some people just didn't like her. I, ah, all right, I get it. But that scene is the scene that I just like, nah, I'm, I'm there for those kind of droid conversations and Amelia and Clark did so well. It's just a fun scene. I can almost hear them laughing between takes it's so good. I just it it, it humanized uh, you know L three in a way I needed I guess to 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 connect with her. So uh, I love that one too.
1: Yeah, I mean to quote L three about L three scene. Oh, it works. <laughs> yeah. It works on multiple levels.
3: Yeah, and then the final i, I the final one going classic uh, R two launching the saber uh, and push, but mm. but also combined with pushing three PO off. That this. It's so easy to overlook, again, in that era, what starts the action. uh, R2 launches the the lightsaber, and then the party starts. But really, the party doesn't begin until he gets up there. He missed that (laughs) mark. We're done. We're done. Luke's got a phantom kick his way out of that trap. Uh, so you need him there. And then just saving 3PO, man, the, the befuddled, confused 3PO, because that's kind of how I felt as a kid going, what is happening? What is happening? But R2's got the plan. So I, I love R2 there.
1: I, I love uh, the, the the party don't start till I launch Saber is a, <laughs> a great R2-D2 song. Yeah, that is just one of the top droid moments, top R2 moments, top Star Wars moments that... R two is really such an important part of one of the coolest moments in all of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's great. So uh, that, that's your main list. You got any runner ups? No, no, that that's uh,
3: that's kind of it. Uh, I mean, uh, there's some bigger R two moments too. Uh, I snuck them all in, and there's a lot of droid moments along along the way, along the way. But uh, I love those ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, i got a long list of runner-ups, but I'm going to try to keep it to to my main list here. I, I already snuck a couple in. Uh, that panning droid flying away from Anakin and Obi-Wan, that's up there. Uh, but for favorite moments, uh, BB-8's thumbs up in the Force Awakens is yeah. not only one of the best droid moments for me, it's one of the best Star Wars moments that that whole uh, early chunk of force awakens. Like I like the whole movie, but that whole first chunk works so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ray and Finn meeting, uh, uh, you know, BB eight and Ray meeting all that. And just moving through to the, uh, the, the chase with the Falcon. Uh, But then that back and forth with uh, Finn trying to convince BB eight to go along with him Mm -hmm. (laughs) on this story. And, uh, you know, BB eight, not being sure, and then just the it's just a fun successful comedy moment of Finn giving him the thumbs up and like how can a droid that's just a ball mm-hmm. possibly reciprocate and then seeing that like well the droid is clever enough to find a way
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> to simulate that or maybe this is a common exchange with poe uh but it's just so funny it flips out and the little lighter goes up and uh, I know some people interpret it as a flip off. <laughs> been confirmed by people involved it's intended as a thumbs up up. i've always interpreted it as a thumbs up yeah uh it's just that that whole first section is dripping with charm Mm -hmm. bb8 in particular and that is like just one of my favorite moments even in a theater is Mm -hmm. people laughing at that every time
3: i I cite that moment as one of the most important moments in force awakens because of what you're talking about the charm and pulling in and getting people on board with these characters and if that doesn't work and it worked To a 95, I don't have the stats in front of me, but that joke landed for 95% of the audience. I will go to my grave saying that. And if that doesn't work, you might have problems with the humor, you know, connecting in these characters. And that moment, Finn and Boyega, what he brings to the scene, but I'm with you. That's a, a funny, but also important moment.
1: Yeah. And it's one of the many things that really lets you know BB-8's character that he's he's really got this. He feels like a younger droid. Right. Who's a <laughs> little bit more just like a little bit of like an excited puppy dog. I think I've seen other people describe him that way, too. Of like, what's going on? Uh, What should I do that? Should I do that? OK, this is good. All right. I trust this guy. All right. Thumbs up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. This is such great energy. Uh, another one for me. Uh, I think not surprising that we both list L three because she's just a, a sea change droid. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I think it is uh, at moments played for comedy, but it is also like truly there is a, is a big part of the the themes of Solo. Everyone in Solo is trying to get some level of of, of personal freedom and, and trying to uh, particularly get themselves out of servitude to something that they don't believe in so even though some of the droid beats are played for comedy the like the meaning of it is is pretty sincere and powerful so for me one of the my favorite uh, droid moments is l3's droid revolution right yeah where she's it seems like this has been something where she kind of goes back and forth with lando about it and you know sometimes there's a confrontation like there was in the lodge on vandor and this just feels like a moment for l3 where she's like wait I could just do this. Yeah, <laughs> The fact that it's a discovery of like, this is the way it should be. I'm doing this. And then that scene of all of those charming droids who um, are really like, look like they're, you know, kind of beaten down and not treated well and doing their work, like suddenly not just revolting and running out or getting violent, but just kind of like having that party, right? It It, it just so feels like, like humans who've, who've worked for a bad company and a bad boss. And somebody comes in and goes, you know what? You could just burn this place down and like the, yeah, rip off your apron and stomp on the counter. That HVAC droid up there on the panels going, no, 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 no. You know, yeah, just yeah. stomping on it all. is just, I love it so much.
3: I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to burn the place down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: no, I love, I, I love it. I, I,
3: I, I, I it, it works for me, and it, and 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 in keeping with the themes of the movie, it, it, you're absolutely right. I think it's a key part of it, but uh, I just love the energy, and and I love um, it, it L three is a very unique droid.
1: Yeah, very unique, very powerful. Uh, and for my last one, I'm going to a super weird place, Ken. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to the uh, not even uh, fully canonical FreeMaker Adventures. It's a, a Lego show. Yes, <laughs> um, and this so. So this is how I got here to this moment is I just I love the battle droids and I love the journey I went on from like you know sitting down in 1999 and wanting the new uh, you know the new menace to be uh, scary and badass and how is a jedi ever going to beat that and you know, like we kind of escalate to that with the super battle droids and the in the magna guard. so eventually I get that and then the battle droids become this great story particularly through the Clone Wars animated series of just like they're just cannon fodder that feel like they have these kind of yeah. colorful personalities, but they're just absolutely thrown <laughs> through hell, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and then that really gets played with. If people wanting to play with the battle droids, we get that with Mister Bones. Uh, some great stuff there. Uh, but then the freemaker Adventures. There is a uh, battle droid. Uh, this is in the original trilogy era, so it's a battle droid who survived all this, uh, been reprogrammed, and his name is uh, Roger O R Dash G R. And goes through a lot of the battle droid jokes and it's great and it's fun. But there's a moment where the uh, the character that Roger is with is a a young force sensitive who's who's facing danger and doesn't know any anything, doesn't know how to be a Jedi. Right. Right. Uh, Doesn't know how to use a lightsaber. And even though it's really painful for Roger, there's a scene where Roger replays for uh, Rowan, this character who needs help. All of the different times different famous Jedi have hacked him apart. And it's really funny. It's it's strong throughout the series where he he remembers different battles and what happened to him. And I think there's like a bit where like the the, the time where clone troopers p- played keep away with his head, but like he was cut apart on this planet by Mace, here by Kit Fisto. Both Anakin and Obi-Wan went to work on him at a different point. And it's played for a joke. And then it's this really sincere, strange moment in this Lego thing where it's like, I know you need this information, so I'll play my trauma so you can learn the moves.
3: <laughs> you just... I've always danced on, do I just put on Freemaker adventures and watch it in the background? You, uh, but now
1: I think I'm going to have to get on that dance floor just to see that scene alone. It, it's just, it's just such a great droid moment. I just had to honestly put it on because it, it encapsulates all of the battle droid stuff. I love Or like, eh, they're cannon fodder and there's, there's humor and humanity, uh, in that story. And this is the moment that really pulled that out. That's great. Great. Uh, Great, great uh, droid moments, Ken. Any, anything else that you wanted to mention before we start wrapping up here?
3: Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, you and I just uh, uh, we appreciate the underlying droid uh, battle droid humor in the Clone Wars of one finally getting promoted, many getting thrown off ledges. It, it's, it's been fun <laughs> to track uh, you and I finding uh, a great uh, comedy and just uh, great Star Wars moments in those those battle droid moments. Uh, Story of the, bat- the Ballad of the Battle Droids.
1: The Ballad of the Battle Droids, and I think the, the title of that would be, Why? <laughs> so great. Right away in the Clone Wars movie, where Sash uh, just throws one off the uh, cliff with the Force because she's angry. And yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, Alright, here's here's a final question for you, Ken. Yeah. Uh, if you had a droid, what would you ask the droid to help you with in your real life? Not, not in your Star Wars life, but if yeah. droids were suddenly real.
3: Well, <laughs> I, I, as an uh, o- owner of a iRobot Roomba, I kind of feel I have this answer <laughs> now. Um, though that is uh, uh, Grace's droid, to be clear. I mean, it has a name and has an app. We put it to sleep. It's uh, it's an wow. inter- <laughs> it's named Vaxi after our former uh, the dog we lost, Ratsy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it and it's and it just it's so weird. And Roombas, these aren't new; these have been around for years, right? But we finally uh, it, it got one over the last year. It's so weird how just giving it a name and you can kind of talk to it and send it and it does its own thing. I, it comes into my office and I, I literally be like, Oh, hi, Vaxie. (laughs) And it starts as a joke. It starts as like, Oh, isn't this cute? I'm talking to the vacuum, but I have turned a corner and, and almost stepped on, on uh, her as she's cleaning. And I, and I do the, Oh, oh, Vaxi, I'm so sorry. Without even thinking about it. (laughs) So now, as I'm learning to appreciate droids in Star Wars, I maybe have to start learning in my own life because I, I kind of feel as though I have one. Um, I just it's going to if it wakes up in the by itself in the middle of the night, then we'll, then we'll have questions. But in trying to keep with the uh, uh, your question here, um, I, I would definitely want a, a droid to and I love driving. I, I'm going to get in the car and drive for hours and just think and listen to music kind of kind of person. But I also enjoy looking out of cars and scenery and everything. So if I get a droid to pilot me around like three PO controlling Luke's land speeder and new hope, that's what I'd ask it to do.
1: And now would you be thrilled if this droid had a little bit of a need for speed and like you get to sit and kick back, but, but the droid's going to take some corners pretty, pretty fast.
3: No, I I would want to, I'd want three PO, not L three here on this one. (laughs)
1: Uh, I think that's quite understandable man, uh, uh, Vaxi sounds great. You'll, you'll meet her one day. We'll get
3: you back over the house. We'll introduce you.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that's
3: great. That's great.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, I would absolutely love um, I would love to sidestep some of the the issues uh, that we talk about with droids. So, if I had a droid in my life, uh, I would encourage the droid to, like, work for me and, you know, then go out and, and have their own life. Party. <laughs> Like, or, and even if, like, if the droid's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm a live-in droid. That's what I prefer. I'll stay in your apartment. And be like, cool, cool, cool. But you know, I'm giving you this day off. Uh, you get, you gotta go out and go see a movie. <laughs> go make some decisions for yourself. You know, like here, here's some, here's some spots and parks that I like. Why don't you go check them out and see if you like sitting there? you like, take some photos. Yeah, I would definitely uh, uh, want my my droid to do that. Uh, I would maybe call the droid Clippy. <laughs>
3: Oh, after
1: yeah. after the uh, the Microsoft uh, assistant that annoyed everybody, yes, uh, just as is a, a reminder to be like, "What this droid's here to help me," and I gotta I gotta uh, give it a name that uh, sometimes I could be mad at in the past, but remind myself to respect it.
3: Yeah, we as a we as a generation back then, we we did Clippy wrong, quite frankly. And there's a renaissance of Clippy happening uh, happening right now. So.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'd even have to give him a number like Clippy 27 because there'd be so many Clippies. (laughs) Uh, But uh, if I actually did have a droid to help me, man, it would be great to just say like, uh, I don't ever want to update tech again. Just make sure that I have a computer and a phone that works. Yes. (laughs) You take if there's a if there's a Wi-Fi problem, uh, that's a Clippy issue.
3: (laughs) Oh, that'd be great. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was like, uh, look, I just, here's what I need to do. Uh, I don't want to research, you know, what kind of uh, mic holder I need. I'm recording this uh, and, you know, just just make it happen. Uh, I would want Clippy to take care of all tech issues uh, and then uh, sometimes make me drinks. Uh, yeah, a, a
3: given, I, I would think. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's actually pretty valuable because I'm, so I'm staring at an update on my phone that I'm like, do I? When do I do? I don't know. Clippy too, do it.
1: Yeah, Clippy27, please import iTunes in a way to the new app that doesn't break the music that I've had for 15 years. Please, Clippy27. Absolutely then go to the park <laughs> if, you to. if you want to uh do you have any closing droid thoughts as we wrap up
3: hey droids are an important part of star wars i i you know i apologize to all the droids that I overlooked in the 80s i'm getting better <laughs> i'm getting still growing and that's all we want that's all we want we can only look back and find the best way to move forward and droids we're gonna move
1: forward with you. That is exactly right. Uh, so uh, I'm going to imagine I'm holding up a drink that Clippy27 has made me in a, a cheers to droids as we wrap up here. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us?
3: Absolutely. Send your iRobot to Twitter to follow us at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of platforms, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Tune in. Amazon Music, and Spotify, among others. Our home is Anchor Merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. We have a lot of new patrons uh, rolling in. We really appreciate that. And as we approach episode 1,000 overall for Force Center, we're going to release a special uh, special commemorative poster via Patreon. So check out that for more information you can follow me at cadnapsock or go to my website cadnapsock.com uh, i do a lot of work over the gpa the gpa.fun but also got a new show coming getting back to my radio roots my music roots is a is a rock dj in the 90s i got a new show on mix cloud coming out soon called cadnapsocks pop Rock and radio hour-long radio show uh, making a mixtape for you so check it out soon joseph
1: Yeah, you can follow me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm having fun sharing some of my Star Wars action figures. I will try to share some droids in the spirit of this episode soon. You can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to check out all of my other comedy adventures, uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, links to comedy albums, uh, future shows, uh, shows I've written for, all sorts of links are there on josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for all the droids that we didn't get a chance to talk about, lots of great video game droids, so many droids for all of us, and BB-8's flaming thumbs up, this has been Force Center.